Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Entrepreneur Spotlight Podcast. Today, we are joined by a very special guest joining us from Las Vegas, Nevada, the real Brad Lee, ladies and gentlemen. And Brad Lee is the founder of Lightspeed VT Interactive Virtual Training System, which delivers educational material to entrepreneurs all across the world. And Brad has an extremely inspirational story for those entrepreneurs out there who have faced the reality of entrepreneurship and the struggles and the obstacles which an individual has to overcome. So with that being said, I'd like to go ahead and introduce our guest for today, our spotlight guest, the real Brad Lee. Thank you again for joining us, sir. Appreciate it. Man, it's a pleasure to be here, honored, and thank you for having me. What's happening? Definitely, definitely, definitely. And yeah, I mean, this is really an an honor. I mean, Brad is legendary because for uh, what you guys may not know is that Brad is the one who actually connected Grant Cardone into the Lightspeed VT system. And the sales process for that was not an easy one. And it's actually something which I know Brad's sales process was, you started developing your sales process way back when you were selling, I believe it was chocolate uh, for your elementary school. Is that right? That's right. About, I forget, six, seven years old, maybe found out I was, I had a knack for selling, went out and sold world finest chocolates door to door. Well, I mean, it wasn't necessarily door to door. They just gave you a box of candy bars and said, go sell them. They meant for you to go sell it to your mom, your dad, your your grandma, people like that, and then come back with the money. And every kid would go sell a box and the, the school would, would raise money. Well, I went out and developed a, a pitch that worked so well. I sold more candy bars than anybody in the history of the school or the fundraiser ever. The pitch was pretty easy. I just held a candy bar behind my back knocked on the door. And when they answered it, I asked them if they had the phone number to a good roof repairman. And when they looked at me all puzzled and said, why I'd pull out the candy bar and say, cause when you taste one of these, you're going to go through the roof. (laughs) I love it. At a young age, I kind of figured out that humor and, you know, charm went a long way in the game of sales. Sure. And that's something which is very evident in your personality that, you know, a lot of times in sales, individuals tend to act like a different person than who they truly are. And is that where, you know, you kind of first started realizing that, hey, if I'm actually just myself, I'm, you know, able to better connect with people. And and did you ever have times where you felt like, Uh, you know, the world tried to push you to act like somebody else who you're not? Well, I think that happens to everybody. I mean, everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to feel cool, you know. And when when I was growing up, I lived on a hill where there was a lot of bigger houses than ours. And all the neighborhood kids, which were my age, were basically from, you know, well off families. Our family wasn't really well off. The house didn't belong in this neighborhood. So I basically started lying to all the little neighborhood kids, told them my dad owned Disneyland, 
showed monopoly cards to, to, to prove that we owned property. And when they found out I was lying, you know, it, it wasn't good for my reputation. I basically got alienated, made fun of, you know, nobody wanted to play with old Brad, little Brad Lee. Nobody wanted to play with him because he was basically labeled as a liar. And I know I'm talking about myself in third third person, but ultimately I like to distance myself from that guy. But ultimately, you know, I, I bullshitted everybody trying to fit in, trying to be, you know, accepted and it backfired. And thankfully it happened when I was a kid where it didn't really do any damage except for a couple of years of not being liked and made fun of and, and avoided. Well, after I moved out of that town and it literally took me moving out of a town to another town to start over. And that's when I already learned the lesson that lying and bullshitting doesn't get you anywhere, you know? And so I just started, I just started being myself, keeping it real, telling the truth, you know, and ultimately found that the right people were attracted to me and the wrong people were repelled from me. And I think, you know, if people understand that, you know, it's not going to last if you, if you don't keep it real, you know, you act like somebody you're not eventually that facade is going to be, you know, stripped away. And then you're going to lose relationships that you've built deals that you've created. Um, any success that you, that you found while acting like somebody else or something else, you know, will ultimately go away. So why build something if it's not going to last? Definitely makes a lot of sense. And Brad, remind me, are, are you originally from California? I'm originally from Oregon. I was born in Eugene, Oregon. Oregon. And then we grew okay. up in a small town about 20 miles south called Cottage Grove. Cottage Grove. Okay, definitely. What was your first job that you got into and kind of what were your thoughts about that job even at that age? Well, I did, I did you know, odds and ends jobs growing up. My dad basically you know, believe that children should be seen and not heard. We didn't get a, an allowance. We had to go work. And, you know, so I pulled weeds, mowed lawns, delivered newspapers, you know, small things uh, as a kid. But my first job as as a young adult was what I thought was fighting forest fires. And when I showed up, it was really carrying around a 10-pound bag of water, which they called it a piss bag on my back. And I'd basically <laughs> look for smoldering stumps to squirt water on so they wouldn't reignite. <clears throat> and uh, wow. it was hard work, man. I got poison oak, showed the, the the supervisor that I had poison oak so I wouldn't be able to come in. And he stripped off his shirt and basically had his whole entire body covered in poison oak, informed wow. me that it's part of the job and to get back to work. So I had a decision to make. And right there on the spot, you know, I knew I was going to let people down you know, everyone wanted me to get a real job. That was a quote unquote real job. It was just hard work. And, you know, you always hear people, you know, don't be, don't be a pussy. Don't, don't quit. It, you hear all these things that you, that, that people say. And at the end of the day, man, I, I had to ask myself a question, you know, is this the, is this the best that I can do? Is this, is this everything? You know, I'm like, what? Sure. Do I really want to work with poison oak going up and down a mountainside, getting poked by branches, falling down, getting scratched? No. So I quit and I knew I'd have to put up with a bunch of crap from people that knew me, but I quit that job. And that's when I realized manual labor wasn't for me. 
And I'm is this up. as a high school student or, or after graduating high school? Yeah, I was 17. I was technically dropped out of school. I dropped out of school at 16. I think it's extremely interesting because there is no question that you value education as the founder of Lightspeed VT. So what was it that caused you to not necessarily resonate with the format or, uh, you know, the way that school was being conducted at that time? Well, I came home one time and my dad, he, he liked to stop by the bar after work and have a few cocktails and he'd come home with a little bit of a buzz on, on the regular basis. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes he was in a good mood and sometimes he was in a bad mood. And I was sitting at home and he told me, he told me to mow the lawn and I'd forgot to mow the lawn. And he came home and basically looked at me a certain way and asked if I mowed the lawn. And I said, no. And he told me to hit the road. So ultimately got kicked out when I was 16. And as soon as a young adult gets kicked out of the house, their responsibilities kind of go by the wayside. So I wasn't really as responsible to stay in school. Plus school you know, I was a little bit bored with school. I mean, I tested in college levels, even in, you know, as a junior and sophomore, um, even a freshman, wow. for that matter. but I think I was bored in school. Um, the, you know, the, the, the curriculum wasn't anything that you actually need in the world. I mean, who cares if George Washington has wooden teeth and when are you going to use that information? So, you know, I, I was already in, you know, high levels in the, in, in subjects of math and whatnot. So I thought I knew everything back then. Um, so I, so I dropped out of school. I just, you know, I didn't have to go nobody was parenting me. So I just quit going. I was going to run off to LA and be a movie star. That must be extremely difficult for someone at the age of 16 to now, Hey, I need to utilize my skills and do whatever it takes to survive. Right. Well, I knew I had to get a job. No one was giving me money and in, in life, you need money. So I knew I needed money and I knew that jobs is what provided money. So I went out and, and, and got a quote unquote real job with the forest service and found out that was a hard ass job. And I found out that you were only going to make a certain amount per hour. So there was no opportunity. It was just straight. Here's what you're worth. This is what you're getting paid. You know, you can only work so many hours. So I I felt limited and the job was hard as hell. I mean, I don't, I don't want to make money using my back. I'd rather make money using my mind and my mouth and, and a pen instead of a shovel. Now, you know, a lot of my family are blue collar workers, you know, the construction workers, things like that. And there's nothing wrong with hard labor. I just don't like it. Like, I don't like it. I'll get my hard labor in the, in the gym. I don't, I don't, I don't like, you know, having to go out and dig ditches and shit like that. So when I quit, when I quit that job, I opened up a newspaper and I saw an advertisement for selling cars, showed up, found out that I could get a job selling cars pretty easily. They gave you a free car to drive back in those days. They called it a demo. So they gave a car to drive so you could, you know, demonstrate it and learn the product. So a free car and a suit and people came to you and all you had to do was show cars and test drive them and sit down and do the paperwork. I I was in heaven. So my first, my first real job was selling cars and I out 
sold every other person that was on the car lot, you know, and a lot of them were older wow. guys. And, uh, you know, it was real easy. It just came natural to me. I mean, you had to use common sense. You know, these guys would sit on the car lot, you know, smoke cigarettes and talk about, you know, whatever stories they had going while I was out talking to customers. I mean, shit, if I, if I knew who you were, I knew you weren't buying a car from me. So I was just looking for strangers. Okay, definitely. And, and so you said that's something that really just came naturally to you. And, you know, even during that time, were you seeking out different, you know, educational resources just on your own, like any books or uh, mentors or anything like that? Or were you kind of just operating kind of on on an internal compass? Well, again, I mean, I, I asked a lot of questions, but back in those days, there, there, mentors and coaching and interactive courses weren't readily available back in those days, man, they just got done with horse drawn carriages. (laughs) But I, but I asked a lot of questions, you know, there were people in the industry that knew what they were doing and I gravitated towards, towards the, the, the older people that had been doing it a while. And I asked a lot of questions and I listened a lot and I watched them a lot and learned a lot that way. I mean, I believe, you know, having a mentor is, is an advantage that most people don't, don't value or, or don't understand the value of anytime someone's doing something successfully that you want to be doing, you should be, you know, mouth shut, eyes open wide, and then ask a lot of questions. And the the rest of it boils down to common sense. I mean, the, most everything is common sense, bro. It's not rocket science. No, succeeding is not rocket science. If you want to succeed, it's pretty simple. Okay. First, you got to take a chance, right? Most people won't take a chance because they're afraid to fail. I would be more afraid of not winning than I am of failing, right? It doesn't bother me to fail because I know I'll just try again and learn something more and try again and eventually win. What, what I fear more than failing is not winning. Does that make it, does that make sense? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, so, so if someone were to say, Hey, you can try to be a millionaire and fail, or you can stay here safe and sound and not fail, but you won't be a millionaire. To me, I'm more afraid of the latter. So it, it, you know, it never bothered me to take a chance, but you have to take a chance if you want to succeed. Then the next thing you need to do is, is, is be good at solving problems, right? Getting kicked out of my house at 16 years old. You know, I had a lot of problems to solve. Where am I going to eat? How was I going to get money? You know, where would I sleep? Things of that nature. So I, I got good at solving problems at very young age. And it always boils down to solving problems. The better you are at solving problems, the, the more successful you'll be. Then you want to then you want to just, sure. you know, listen to the information and the data that's coming your way and, and not be afraid to make adjustments. You see, most people, they, they get taught wrong growing up about never giving up, you know, um, and they mm-hmm. misconstrue that as, as to, to be laser focused on something and never give up. Well, I can say never give up is correct, but you have to make adjustments along the way. I mean, when I started my, when I started Lightspeed, we started out as a training company live then we went to online. Then we went to a software that, that is provided to other trainers. So the whole time I made adjustments 
right? I was going to compete with Grant Cardone. When I started training people, my training, I think, was the best on the planet. I still do. However, there were so many people in that field and everyone had their own opinion of who was the best. And there was no way I could convince all of those people to, to change who they had already followed and they already liked and they already used. So rather than compete with those people, I figured I'll just collaborate with those people, let them use my technology, and I'll just get behind and support them all. And so that's what I did. And that's where I came up with, you know, it's better to collaborate than compete. Most gurus will tell you to compete and dominate. Well, I tell you to create and collaborate. Wow. Wow. That's solid right there. Okay. That definitely makes a lot of sense. And, you know, with with the light speed, I think it's extremely interesting to hear about how how you created that concept of light speed and to to become what it is today. And what was that transition like? What what made you want to shift out of the car sales being so successful and you know leading the dealership as the number one guy? What what was it that made you want to you know step out of that and step into the unknown? Uh, with Lightspeed? Well, because I wanted to be rich and I wanted to be dripping in money. And I knew that working at a car dealership wasn't going to do it. That's what I mean by common sense. I mean, everybody needs to start using common sense. It's not that common, but when you boil it down, it is pretty common sense. I mean, just like, you know, you put your hand in a flame. Do you think you'll get burnt? Well, yeah, it's common sense. You know, do you think you're going to be rich working at McDonald's? No. Do you think you're going to be rich working for somebody else? Not likely. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's not likely you're going to get super rich working for somebody else. You know, someone can say, well, look at the people that worked at Facebook. Look at Ray Kroc's secretary. Look at all these examples. Yeah, those are one in a billion. I'm talking about normalcy. The normalcy is you can be comfortable, you can make a living, but you're not going to be super rotten rich working for somebody else unless, of course, you know, you're able to save money while you're working for that, for that company and invest it wisely. So if you're really good at investing money, then you know, work for someone else, invest, 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 and pretty soon you're wealthy because you took that money and invested it wisely. But I was the opposite. I was terrible at saving money. I figured if I can't save money, I just have to make more than I can spend. So the only way to do that was to, was to, you know, start a company. So I quit my job thinking, man, I'm going to, I'm going to start a training company so I can make more money and at the same time, help other people. Right there was, I was probably about 30 years old night and I used to do everything for myself. Like I just, you know, everything was about me. And at one point I saw somebody, actually several, but I saw somebody that couldn't afford Christmas presents for their family. And I felt bad. And, and, you know, the guy had a little bit of uh, potential. So, so I thought, you know, let me, let me teach this guy how to, how to sell, how to close, how to present a lease actually. And ultimately he started making a lot of money. And I thought, man, if, if I can train these people, then I can start a training company, help more people and get rich. So it was kind of a double win. So I quit my, quit my job, went out on the road. I thought everything would happen in 90 days. And of course it took 15 years at the end of the day, man, I just quit. Like that's another thing. I mean, let's be honest. What's so hard about quitting a job? 
everybody wants to say, man, dude, wow, look what you did. And it's like, I quit a job. What's so hard about that? What's the worst possible outcome? Rent's late. <laughs> yeah, rent's late. And rent was late, dude. I had to, I had to you know, I, my car was getting repoed every freaking day. It seemed like I had to hide it so they couldn't find it. You know, I parked away from my house so that when they drove by my house looking for the car, it wasn't there. You know, I had to walk four blocks to get my car. Sometimes I thought it was. Like nowadays, there's GPS. They would have found it. I'd have been screwed nowadays. Back then, they had to find it. I wouldn't let them find it. I needed it. I drove around and and used it to make more money and then got caught up on bills and then, you know, went through a downtime and, you know, got behind on bills. I had an ex-wife wanting money for child support. You know, I had to, I had to tell her, don't have it. She says she would, she used to say, well, then, you know, how are you, how are you affording this and affording that? Well, because I had money to try and make more money so I could get out of a jam. And I knew that my kids had food because she had money and everything was going to be fine. So it's like, what bills do you pay? You know, a a dollar only goes so far. Well, if you're smart, you're going to pay the bills that can get you more dollars. You don't give the money away to where now you're really screwed because now you don't even have any money to get gas and clean clothes and a shower and some cologne and some freaking back then hair gel. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, you had to look, you know, you had to look good, smell good, you know, that, that was the investment, you know, and then guess what? You go out and you had a couple of good weeks, a couple of good months, boom, you'd go get caught up on child support, get your car payment caught up, you know, maybe eat something besides Top Ramen and then get ready for some lean times. Definitely. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, that's a super difficult decision-making process for a lot of people why? to deal I mean, with. Why do you, why do you think that is? It, Think about it, man. See, this is this is another thing. People don't like. I can't believe how many people say what you just said. Like, I did something miraculous. I quit my job like a dumbass, and I went out and took a chance. Now, if someone's sitting there and they and they think that's miraculous, why? Because they're looking at what could have happened in a negative manner, rather than looking at what could have happened in a positive manner. And then if you do that, everybody would have took that jump. But people don't think positively. They think negatively. You're taught to fear as a little kid when your parents say, don't do that. Don't touch that. Be careful. Don't go there. You know, you're, you're taught to be careful. And you're taught, you know, fear the n- negativity, which, believe it or not, what you focus on expands. So if you focus on the negative that's what, that's what expands. I, I was, I was just optimistic enough to believe that, you know, there might be more out there. Perhaps my parents who were blue collar workers and settled for less, you know, didn't have it all figured out. I needed to learn the hard way. So when you're on the road and, you know, these bills are chasing you, what was it that allowed you to still step into meetings and, you know, still deliver on, uh, you know, on your product and still be able to make those sales? Is, is it your, your perspective that still allowed you to do that? Yeah, it was 100% perspective, you know, because I, I asked you again, what's the worst that can happen? So like I'm in closing a deal 
What's the worst that can happen? My, my apartment gets shut by the sheriff. I, I've come home before and saw eviction notices on my door. And now I got to okay. figure out a place to live. Well, what's the worst that can happen? You, you, you live in your car and you, uh, you know, shower at the gym and then you put on your suit and you go make some money and then you got enough money and you go rent another apartment. Well, what's the worst that can happen? That takes a while. Like there's nothing bad that can happen. People like, like when we first started talking, you, you, you mentioned, you know, the tough times. I don't think I've had any tough times. I've had times where, you know, people would, would consider it tough. But, you know, one time I remember somebody said, you know, how did you, how did you feel when you hit rock bottom? And I'm like, I've never hit rock bottom. And someone said, you know, when you like, you know, you were beat down, like it was tough. You had no money, but realistically, man, there's always someone worse than you. I used to say I got mad because I had no shoes until I saw a man with no feet. I forgot who said that, but somebody said, man, I was mad that I had no shoes until I saw a man who had no feet. Now think about that for a minute. And it's true. Everybody wants to get pissed off at their own minor little problems until they find someone mm-hmm. that has bigger problems. And then you scramble to get your problems back. What's the worst that could happen? And why would it be? Why, why do you have all this pressure because your bills aren't paid when you're in there closing a deal? Like, why would you even be thinking about your bills? Right, right. I mean, to be honest, right now, you're kind of bending reality for me right now, to be honest, because the truth <laughs> is that, no, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. The truth is if I talk to a hundred people, still I, I'm unable to find a person who can, who thinks the way you think. So even for you as naturally as it comes, I, you know, I, I still want to say that, you know, your perspective is an unbelievably beautiful perspective on the world that I fully resonate with but it's so difficult to come across people who think along the any even remotely a similar line what do you think it is that causes the majority of people to kind of have just a very uh you know it, it's the couldn't be further from you know the perspective that you have right now well you know do you have any idea what that could be or we were you know we're taught that growing up and we're conditioned that way we're conditioned to be to be afraid we're conditioned to to pipe down shut up work get a house get a, get in some debt and just be normal don't speak up quit acting up have you ever seen like little kids in class when they when they act up and they get attention they're the ones who get mm-hmm. in trouble yep yeah. Well, why are, why are we getting the kids in trouble? Well, why are we teaching them to calm down? And it's in the whole nonsense is so the other children can learn. No, they're feeding us the same curriculum, regardless of who we are. And that's why Lightspeed's real goal is to fix education. Right now, the education system's broken. People are, people are being sent to school and the school has the same curriculum they've had for a hundred years. Like, it's time to change the curriculum people and it's time to change how we deliver it people like right now we've got the technology to 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 cause the curriculum to adapt to the student 
rather than to force the student to adapt to the curriculum. Your purpose with Lightspeed is to change the educational system, which is enormous. And I'm pretty sure that that every day when you wake up and think about that, no matter how much success you've already attained, because I'm pretty sure you can probably just kick back at this point, but is that what keeps you driving forward? What keeps me driving forward is, is, is to have enough money to be able to give away money on a regular basis without even knowing that it's missing. Because mm-hmm. everybody wants to give you advice and nobody wants to give you a check. You know, sometimes advice is important. But let's be honest. What would you rather have? A real positive quote or meme or a $100,000 check? Because there's a lot of people out there with $100,000, they can get out of the, the, the trap that they're in. And the reason I say trap is, I mean, you know, you got credit card bills, you have rent, you have kids, you have school clothes, you have gas, you have dry cleaning, you have entertainment if you're married, you have, you know, you have all this debt and constantly revolving need for money, but yet you only make a certain amount where now you have to save for five years, even to have a couple of thousand dollars saved. Well, bro, you need, you need money to get out of that, you know, rat trap. That's a trap, man. Look at credit card debt, dude. If you, if you, if you can just make your, your credit card payment, but no more, you can't pay your credit cards off. The interest alone is basically taking your payment, which means you'll be in debt the rest of your life damn near. How do you get out of that debt? How do you get a fresh start? Sometimes money's all you need, but that's not really what drives me to your question. What drives me the mm-hmm. most, I believe, is the ability to, to solve poverty, to solve, mm-hmm. you know, being a broke joke. Because you've heard of the 1%, correct? Definitely. They say that, that the 1% have all the money. 99% are broke. Well, or average or, or below average, the 1%, right? My thought is this. Do you believe that 99% of the world are lazy? Do you believe that 99% of the world, the world are worthless? You think they don't want to be successful? You think they're all just lazy couch potatoes with no ambition and no confidence and no skills? Definitely not. Neither do I. And my ultimate mission is to get the knowledge from the people who have it and get it to the people who need it. Because in my opinion, the 99%, the only difference between the 99% and the 1% is knowledge. The 1% know something the 99% don't know. They're doing something right. They know somebody right. They've got some sort of knowledge that the rest of us don't have. And I, and I can get it from them and bring it to the people who need it. So that's why I would say I have a podcast called Dropping Bombs. Have you heard it? Right, right. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It says, it says, you know, bringing the knowledge or getting the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. I'm like Robin Hood with knowledge. I want to get the knowledge to the people who, who, who are out there struggling, but they're good people. They're willing to work hard. They just don't know how to get there. For whatever reason, I want to get the knowledge, sure. people who have it, and get it to the people who need it. That's my true passion. Like, I love, 
Like when someone asks me to do a podcast, I say, yeah, because I love giving people information. I can tell I can tell you or anybody listening right now how to double their business right now. I'll give you the secret. Now, whether you do anything with it or not is your business. And whether you roll your eyes and think that's simple. Well, it is simple, dummy. It's simple. Quit trying to make shit hard. Success isn't hard. Okay, it's simple. You want me to tell you how to double your business? Double your effort. People are like, well, yeah, well, no kidding. Well, then how come you're not doing it? You know, I say do more and get better. Those are the two ways you can do it. Let's say you're in sales. You're talking to 100 people a day and you're making $10,000 a month and you want to make 20. Talk to 200 people a day. And then when you talk to 200 people today or a day, you probably double your, your income. And then, you, and then eventually you're going to run out of time, right? Well, then your only other right. option is then get better. So now mm. you don't need to talk to the same amount of people because you're twice as good. So now you only have to talk to half as people, which boom, now you go make more money again. So just do more and then get better. And if you keep doing those things, you'll eventually maximize the level you're on. And then you either scale by hiring other people and leveraging their time and energy in the same capacity you just did. Right. That's one option. Right. Or, you know, that people always ask, how do I get to the next level? Maximize the level you're on and exceed the level you're on and you're automatically on the next level. Like there's no way to jump five levels, man. Maximize the level you're on and you'll be on the next level. Like, is, is that rocket science? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I start to babble cause it, cause I, I get animated and passionate about how simple it really is. I mean, if somebody wants to, you know, win or succeed, the first thing they need to do is figure out what that is. Cause everybody has their own opinion of what success is. You might think something is successful that I don't agree with. Does that make it not successful? It means that I don't think what you think successful is, is what I think success is. You might not agree with, does that make it not successful? No, to me, it's successful. So like, what is success? Well, that, that, that's a matter of opinion. And you, and you ultimately have to come up with your own. I always say, you know, there's no key to success. It's a combination and everybody has their own. Yeah, I think it's going to take a little bit of replaying and note taking to really, um, you know, break that down for a lot of people. Another thing that you have a, a strong ability for is staying persistent. Uh, for example, if you have a client who you're looking to close, for example, like Grant Cardone, I think that that took you uh, at least a couple years, if if I'm not mistaken, to uh, close him. Is that right? Yeah, it was like about four, four or five years. You have a goal set in your mind to close the account. And I mean, you're just willing to do whatever it takes to uh, to accomplish that, right? Not whatever it takes. If, if you lose your integrity or your ethics, you went too far. I, I disagree with the, with the whatever it takes because I'm a literal guy and whatever it takes means whatever it takes. And as long as right. whatever is ethical and you don't lose integrity, then I would agree. People don't understand, man, you, you do the wrong thing and the wrong thing's going to happen. So you temporarily get rich doing the wrong thing. It's going to crash on you. 
one day you will regret it. I promise you. It always comes back and bites you in the ass, no matter what, every single time. So do whatever it takes within, you know, reason. Someone asked me the other day, listen, I mean, somebody said, what keeps me going? And I'm like, well, I'm not where I'm going. Same thing with closing Grant. I wanted to close Grant. Well, what's four years got to do with it? I still want to close Grant. Why wouldn't you keep going? See, this is my point. Like, why does everyone think it's so miraculous that I kept going? Like, when you wake up in the morning and you're heading to the bathroom, why don't you stop in the kitchen and take a shit there? (laughs) Huh? Right, right. Why don't you just stop in the kitchen, dump a loaf, go back to bed? Answer me. Oh, man. The, yeah, because you got to keep going to the bathroom all the way. You got to go all the way. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, I'm heading to the bathroom, and until I get there, I'm not going to stop. And now everybody's like, oh, my God, dude, you got all the way to the bathroom and took a dump. How did you do it? That's miraculous. Holy moly. How did you keep going like that? And by the way, dude, have you ever had to go to the bathroom really bad and you're driving around and you can't find a bathroom? Guess what? You don't just shit your pants. You figure it out and you find the damn bathroom, even if it takes you a little longer than expected, don't you? Definitely. Right. There's nothing miraculous. People underestimate themselves, man. Let me tell you something. Your body's going to pass out before you work out hard, hard enough. Meaning there's people that are saying, oh, I had a hard workout. Your body has a mechanism that will literally cause you to pass out before you can kill yourself working out. There's all kinds of things that our bodies can do, our minds can do. There's been old ladies lifting cars off, off, off their grandkids or their sons that a car fell on. There's people that literally have had spontaneous healing. Some people say, you know, well, that was God. Okay, well, it could have been God, you know, depending on your religion. Who knows? But I can tell you this. The human being is an amazing creature. And what you believe is what is real. So if you believe it to be real, it is real. And that most people bypass. So guess what's real to people? What's real is, man, why would I keep going for four years when I have a goal? Wow, you did that? Oh my lord, that's crazy. Why is that crazy? Your I mean, your perspective on it is amazing. I mean, for anybody to hear that and not not be able to apply it, then yeah, I I'm not sure um what the solution would be. And you know, there's another concept that you've shared a few times um that I, I've heard before where, you know, you say that, you know, when it's you're starting to, you know, get into a venture or make some type of change in your life, you, you have kind of a certain method, right? That you, um, I think it's something around 90 days, right? Yeah. Well, it's just basically biting off a little chunk at a time and staying focused for 90 days. It's how you get anything you want in 90 days. I I built Lightspeed in 90 days. I got rich in 90 days. People don't understand what I mean by that because they're like, well, it took you 18 years. Yeah. But guess what? When I started Lightspeed, I thought for sure I'd be rich in 90 days. And 90 days later, you ask me, and I would have told you 90 days from now, it's going to be massive. 
And then 90 days from now, it's going to be massive. And every 90 days, if you'd have asked me, I would have said, man, 90 days from now, shit's going to be different. And I didn't do it on purpose. I did it by accident only because I really believe that in the next 90 days, everything was going to change. And ultimately, 18 years later, it did change. But if I would have thought it would have taken 18 years to do this, I probably would have given up. So I started a a little program called how do you get anything you want in 90 days? And it's simple. First, you have to figure out what you want because figuring out what you want is harder than getting it. Okay. You have to really figure out what you want and get some clarity around that. And then you have to figure out a plan, right? I mean, dude, I could be an astronaut right now. What, what can't I be? I could be a doctor. I could be anything I want to be. There's, there's steps that you're going to need to take in order to achieve these things. But you can be a millionaire. You can be a billionaire. You can be an astronaut. You can be a professor. I don't care who you are. I don't care what's happened in the past. You can be anything you want to be. You just have to figure out what that is and then, and then figure out what steps are required to achieve it. So once you've gotten those two things down, then what you do is simple. You look down and you bust your ass for 90 days and you look up. Mm-hmm. And at the end of 90 days, if you're not there yet, repeat step three, which is look down, bust your ass for 90 days and look up. And the reason I say you can get anything you want in 90 days, because eventually if you keep doing that, one of those 90 day segments is when you'll have crossed that goal line. One of those 90 day segments is when you will achieve what it is you set out to achieve. So when I say get anything you want in 90 days, I don't mean a literal 90 days. I mean, if you just take 90 days at a time and bust your ass and keep going, eventually, no matter what you set your your mind to, you are either going to do one of two things. You're going to die or you're going to achieve it. And if you die, who gives a shit? You're dead. I th- okay, that that makes a lot of sense. That I, you know, actually, I didn't hear you break it down like this before. So that's a, um, that's very interesting. The way that you still maintained the same belief, and eventually it it did happen, and and now you've you've reached that. So that's you know that is. But I, awesome, but I haven't definitely. reached it. I haven't reached it. I'm telling you right now, if, and this is no joke. If you come mm-hmm. back in 90 days, light speed will be twice as big. There is some major stuff going on and we will be way different in 90 days. And I'll bet you when you come back in 90 days, we will be way different. And I'll tell you 90 more days. For some reason, I'm stuck in this 90 day, you know, tunnel of possibility. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, that's like a compound interest. You're making gains and then you're making gains on top of gains every 90 days. I, right. I think that's, that makes you unstoppable. And that is, uh, you that know, is just, 100% correct, my friend. Definitely. And, you know, just to, um, you know, you, you've given a lot of, a lot of framework for a person who's either in a developing business or, you know, thinking about starting a business or whatever venture they might be getting into. But if you were to just share, you know, some words of advice for a person who's, you know, maybe again, just thinking about getting into a venture or, or in a business, I mean, the 90 day rule would definitely apply, but is there anything else that you would, you know, advise them? Sure. Yeah. You know, the difference between massive companies and massive ideas. What's that? Action. 
That's the difference between an idea and a company. There's all kinds of people with ideas and they're going to be thinking about it forever and then they're going to die. Mm -hmm. They say the graveyard is the richest real estate in the world because so many dreams are buried there. You know, at the end of the day, dude, you got to get off your ass and do something. Take a chance. What's the worst that can happen? I mean, think about it. What's the worst that can happen? Like when I quit my job, what's the worst that could have happened? I went back and got another job. So what? That's where I started. You know, it's like, pick, it's like picking up a girl. Right. I, you know, I used to, I used to be pretty damn good at that too, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'd walk, I'd, I'd walk up to a girl, talk to her. Next thing you know, we're dating and all my friends would be like, dude, how do you do it, man? How do you do it? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, dude, you're not afraid to ask anybody out. And I'm like, well, why would I be afraid? And they're like, well, what if they say no? And I'm like, if they say no, I'm right back where I started before I asked. I, you know, the way you explain it is like, it, it's, it, you know, it, it's unreal. It, it, it really clears the mind of all kinds of nonsense and clutter. Like you said, that we've been conditioned to uh, think, and I don't know where it came from, but. Uh, Dude, what's the worst you know, that can your- happen? That's all you got to think is what's the worst that can happen. You see a girl, you want to date her. You think she's beautiful. You walk up to her. You say, hi, my name's Brad. I didn't want to let this opportunity pass by. I wanted to introduce myself. What's the worst that could happen? She says, ew, get away from me. You're ugly. And then what? You're right back where you started. Like, who cares? You didn't have her before you asked. It's like, you know, I got fired from a couple jobs here and there. And it's like, dude, I don't care. I was looking for a job when I found this one. Like, what's the worst that can happen? You just go back and find another job. People, people always say, how did you quit the job? How did you have the nerve to quit a job? You have to have nerve to quit a job? Well, no. What if you couldn't pay your bills? I couldn't pay my bills with my job. I think that really can slam a person into a perspective of action. And if they're breaking it down into 90 day cycles and you have nothing to lose, I think you can't lose with that, that perspective and mind state. So that's, I mean, that is solid. And then your goals. I mean, you know, write down some big, nasty goals. Don't be, mm. don't be all conservative, you know. Well, let me write some down that I'm likely to hit. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get too big and ridiculous because then I might fail. Who gives a shit? That's what, that's, what, that's what the whole Grant Cardone 10X thing is, right? Mm. He's basically saying if you want to make a million dollars, try for 10 because then when you fail, which you will, you end up with two and a half. Mm. which is more than the one that you actually wanted because you put 10 times the effort, 10x everything, 10x your actions, 10x your dreams, 10x your goals. And when you fail, you're past what you really wanted. People always say, you know, you ever heard the saying, you know, if if, if you want to shoot for the stars and maybe you'll get the moon or whatever the hell that saying is. If the right, day, right. Man, What's the worst that can happen? I should get a T-shirt that just that just says, "What's the worst that can happen?" Like, what's the worst that can I, happen? I think we yeah, need to be that. honest. Like, you started your podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What, what's the worst that could happen by you starting it? Uh, yeah, I don't become a big hit. 
and I wasn't in the first place. So <laughs> exactly, you weren't a big hit to begin with. Right. Yeah. So there's and, a I lot mean, of people out there right now thinking, man, I I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Boy, I don't know where to start. Boy, what if I suck? Boy, what if nobody likes me? Nobody likes you now. Right. Don't right. don't 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 fear what other people fear. Fear the opposite. Like I don't fear losing. I fear not winning. I don't fear failing. I fear not winning. Meaning I I'm more worried about not being super successful than I am failing. It does you know, wow. it doesn't get simpler than that. Like like it doesn't scare me. If I walk up to a girl and say, hey, you want to go out tonight? And she says, no, I wasn't going out if I didn't. So where, you know, the best pickup line I ever used, I walked up to mm-hmm. a girl and I said, hey, how you doing? My name's Brad. I wanted to get to know you. She said, I have a boyfriend. I said, oh, that's unfortunate. She said, yeah, he's he's really rich and he and he owns a casino. And I said, interesting. What'd you have for dinner last night? She said, pasta. I said, what'd you, have the, what'd you have for dinner the night before? She said, chicken. I said, why didn't you have pasta? She said, why would I have pasta every night? And I said, exactly. Call me when you're tired of pasta. <laughs> oh, that is killer right there. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? She, oh, called me three, she called me three days later, tired of pasta. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. You formulate those lines very, very well. <laughs> oh, man. Well, at the end of the day, my friend, it's just it's just I don't fear losing. And I think too many people do. I think if you have an idea, go out and give it a shot. Worst case scenario, you're right back to where you started. Right. And then you come up with another idea. And guess what? And by the way, I failed many businesses. Most people don't understand. I've I started and, and, and failed 10, 15 businesses. I had wow. I had a I had a business that was called this fire. It, well, it was actually called advanced fire protection services, where basically I found this product that if you squirted on things, it wouldn't light on fire. It was like this flame retardant. So I thought everybody oh, wow. in the world's going to want this, man. They could dump it out of airplanes on, on, on the forest when there's wildfires and the forest won't burn because this shit would not burn. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I bottled it up and made a cool logo and I showed it to everybody and I went to trade shows and nope, didn't work. Shut her down. Kept going. Came up with another idea. Hey, and then, and then, I, and then I went out and I got these things called Magic Money Fun Packs where I basically went into businesses and I made them give me free things like free cheeseburgers and free tans and free oil changes, not buy one, get one. Like, like now you see coupon books. This was, this was back when, when coupon books were two for one and whatnot. I got free stuff where you could literally take out a coupon and go eat, get your car washed, get a haircut, get your dog groomed and get your oil changed for free. It was free. And I put them all in this book called called Magic Money Fun Packs. It was twenty two hundred dollars worth of free shit, and I couldn't sell them or give them away. Like nobody nobody wow. bought them, and I couldn't believe it. So I shut that prick down. Oh man, what were some other ones? Um, man, I had several businesses, but but guess what? So what? 
I wasn't afraid to fail. If you guys are listening to this and you've got an idea, you know, don't listen to negative people. Don't listen to what if I fail? Listen to this. What if you don't try? You know, get in the game or take off your jersey. Oh, that's real right there. And, you know, to talk about just real quick on those different businesses, I think this is an easy thing for a lot of people to fall into. I've been a victim of it before as well, is doing too many different vent. What, what's your take on that? Doing more than one business, doing even two or three at a time. What, what, what's your view on that? Stick to just one and go deep or? Yeah, my, mine is like, if you chase more than one rabbit, you're bound to lose them both. Mm. Like I, I, I say, focus on one thing and chase it until you catch that some bitch. You know, they always say, oh. you know, a, a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Mm-hmm. Well, I mm-hmm. say, I say a bush in your hand is better than any bird. <laughs> that's real right there. That's real with the real Brad Lee. And Brad, uh, if, you, if you don't mind, um, if you listen, don't mind I'm just, I'm just on, joking. I'm just joking for the record. I don't want to get a bunch of hate mail. No, no. <laughs> No, we we appreciate that. You know, you 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 know, giving giving it to us real with the uh, you know with the twist of comedy in it. So it's definitely appreciated. You want to know? And, it's you real? Know, if you this, just, is, this yeah. is real. You know, you know what I hate about driving a Ferrari? What's that? Nothing. <laughs> I was gonna say what? What did you hate about driving a Ferrari? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh man, that is solid right there. And Brad, if you if you don't mind just sticking on, I'm gonna just let everybody else go. And then I just had something else I just wanted to um, chat with you just real quick about, if that's okay. Yeah, quick. Yeah, no problem. Okay, great. So again, ladies and gentlemen, that was the real Brad Lee joining us today as our spotlight guest. And I think this is this is probably our spotlight episode right now because so many things that Brad talked about resonate heavily with me. And I know they resonate heavily with you guys. And one of the biggest things that Brad shared was take a chance. And the reality is that this episode would not have happened if I didn't take a chance reaching out to Brad. And to be honest, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't expect to get a response from Brad. So I was, you know, I took a chance hoping that, you know, maybe Brad might respond, maybe he won't. And hey, look, Brad responded, connected with us, and now we've got an awesome episode with Brad. So the message from Brad with this one today is, what's the worst that can happen? Take a chance. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you joining us today, and we will catch you guys next time. Until next time, Keep pushing and keep progressing over and out.